0: Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners! Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That you can find at patreoncom keto. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast. And if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and we are ready with yet another episode on deck for you today. With me, I have Mike Painter. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How are you doing today?
0: I am good. I'm good. It's it's not, you know, they're going to hear this uh, on a weekend, most likely or a Monday, but we're recording on a Saturday, so I can't really complain about life. I'm just excited to, to talk and dive into your story, man. So, Absolutely. So let's get it started. Let's go with that first question. Tell us, Mike, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Uh, Well, I started putting on a lot of weight when I was uh, uh, pretty much my whole life, but mostly once i started getting into school and you know the snacks with the friends and oh pizza parties on the weekends just just in general and a lot of sporting goods foods from playing sports when i was younger but it got really out of hand in high school but
0: what yeah. was what was what was that take us into what out of hand means
1: Oh, well, it was like we were going out to fast food every single day. Me and my friends would go hit Hardee's up and get Monster Burgers and the large fries. Or we'd go to McDonald's and get the 20-piece nuggets and the super fries and the super-sized Cokes and Dairy Queen for blizzards and ice cream cakes. And that was an everyday thing. So, it, it was... It was a... Pretty pretty fattening time. And of course I was always putting on the weight and my friends wouldn't gain anything. So
0: And were you active then or was it you know, was that not a part of your life as you know, during that period?
1: You know, surprisingly, I've I've been up until about the last probably ten years, I was really active. Um I was I played baseball in high school, in junior high. Um I played basketball, I played football, um, played football with friends, and we would have basketball games in my yard. I think, I, I think we, we went through probably four dunk goals one summer, and uh, we would break them, and they finally got to the point, they're like, you know what, y'all are breaking so much, we can't, we can't send you any more free goals, even though it was a lifetime warranty. So, I mean, we were really active. But it was it was pretty active, um and then once I hit my twenties, I would go to the gym and off and on, but that was just to lift. It wasn't any cardio, it was just trying to see how strong we were
0: and where just to kind of give us a paint a picture of some details <clears throat> like where where was your weight when you left high school and then kind of heading into your twenties
1: um I would say probably in high school I'd hit. I was actually telling a friend about this earlier. I had, I was probably around 300 pounds between middle school and high school. Um, And then after high school, it just steadily crept up and and I ended up hitting 525 in my 30s.
0: And to some people just hearing 300 is a number they're like, oh, I don't even know, you know, what that would be like. But to know that, you know, kind of went from I very easy, very much can relate to going from the three hundreds in high school to to over five hundred, what do you think brought you to that place? Like take us into to what was going on there. Like why, you know, there's there's one thing to see it kind of happen when you're kind of eating the fast food all the time and and kind of having that activity there, and then to see that go away and to see your weight continue to climb. Like, what what do you think was really driving that?
1: Um, you know, when I was in my twenties, I just, I didn't really care. I thought I was indestructible. You know, there was a lot of drinking. There was just a lot of unhealthy habits and I just didn't care. I didn't care about anything. Um, and then I got into a very unhealthy, unhappy marriage and that kind of, I just didn't really care about anything. I, I didn't even care if I lived or died at that point. I just rolled with it um and then once i left that or once i separated from her i had a bunch of medical stuff happen um i had an aortic aneurysm that they weren't expecting me to make it off the table i was five five hundred pounds and they said quit smoking quit drinking Lose weight or die. So I did. I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I didn't really start the weight loss stuff until well after the uh, the heart surgery. But they didn't expect me to make it off the table. The first heart doctor I saw basically had said, "Oh, you have a aortic aneurysm. It's the same thing that killed John Ritter." He said this while he was eating an ice cream cone by my bed while I was in the hospital. Like it, it wasn't a big deal to him. He he's like he just sitting there chowing down on an ice cream cone talking because apparently he didn't get his break in. So, but uh, yeah, so I had my heart surgery in 2015 and then separated from my wife at the time uh, like two months later. And I moved back to Kansas City with my family and that's when I started the process a couple years after that. Because by by May by October of twenty nineteen I had hit five twenty five. That was my highest weight.
0: Give people a picture of what what was your life like at, at five hundred pounds? Um well I
1: I got forced onto disability because of my heart stuff. And more than likely because of my weight as well. Because, let's face it, it's hard to get a job at 500 pounds. You're not really moving super good. Um, basically, I sat in a recliner in a bedroom at my parents' house. And I played video games. I took my dog out for a walk because I got I had adopted a dog from a shelter so that I could have someone to walk with. And then I just sat. I sat and I drank Two liters of diet Pepsi, like two a day, just playing video games and playing around on the internet. That was all I did. I left my house to go to doctor's appointments, but that was the extent of it. I didn't go out to hang out with people. I didn't go play with my niece and nephew. I didn't go fishing or, you know, going out and enjoying sights. I would sit and I would play video games and eat and drink stuff all day. And then I've, f- oh, go ahead. Um, I finally got to where I needed to do something. So I talked to my heart doctor and they referred me to a weight loss surgeon. Mm-hmm.
0: And l- I, I want to get into that and kind of like what kind of made that moment happen for you. But I'm, I'm curious because I, I think there's got to be someone listening who's hearing you talk about Doctors telling you they weren't sure you were going to make it off the operating table. And it was a few years before you really kind of made a a change, you know, made a change to what was going on with with your weight, at least. You know, you made some changes in terms of like drinking and smoking, which are fantastic. Um, But was there something holding you back from changing what you were eating or was it kind of more like tackling one thing at a time? Like what was going through your head during all that time?
1: I mean, honestly, I knew I needed to eat better. Like they, told, they told me lose the weight or you're not going to make it past 40. And I just, I didn't care. I just, I don't know what it was. I, I wasn't happy. And I think I never got diagnosed with depression or anything, you know, anything like that. I just, I honestly think I was going through depression. Um, not at all about separating from the wife because that was the worst mistake I ever made. <laughs> I ever made, uh, But that's for a whole different story. Um, but yeah, I just, I never really cared about my weight. I never cared if it, you know, if I lived or died. So, and then after a while, I, I finally, I was like, you know, I probably ought to try to stick around for a little bit for my niece and my nephew. Um, and that's pretty much what helped me decide to start focusing on it. And then I had lost, I was at 525. I went down to 475 just by watching what I was eating. But then I stopped focusing on it and I went right back up to 525. Um, and then... My nephew, his friends would always like make little comments and he didn't, Like I didn't, it didn't bother me, but I think it was bothering him. So it was just, I don't know. it, It was stressful. So then I, I focused more on trying to get healthy and my heart doctor had suggested weight loss surgery and I never really thought about it. And I had a friend who had had the the sleeve and she had been trying to push me in that direction for a couple of years. And I never really thought about, never gave it much thought.
0: And that, cause that, that mindset of not really caring, I think is, you know, and that you, like you were saying, you know, most likely being a form of depression, I think is, is something that happens, you know, to, a you know, I relate to that a lot. Like I, I remember that you know, I kind of reached that point where I was just like, well, this is going to be what things are, you know, this is what it is. I don't. And, and you, I think there's also that part of you that doesn't want to take away that one consistent thing that you have during that time, you know, which usually is right. the food, you know, like that's the thing Absolutely. that's there. You know, it's the one thing that no matter what else, what, uh, what other people are doing or what other the circumstances are presenting to you, you know, whatever's changing or even whatever news you're getting, that's still the consistency. And so, Having to make that switch from not caring or being in that place of actively just being like, fine, this is what it's going to be, to I'm going to do something about this. And and I also think it's really interesting, like you you were talking about, I don't think people realize like our bodies aren't meant to be 525, 540, 600 pounds. Like, so when you – there, there's ways to then start to make some small changes – and you see some results and as soon as you stop making those changes those results can go away but that's not really like an equilibrium that the body wants to maintain so there's ways to get, you know like there's there's things you can do to get away from that and and finding the right tool is really important like what what do you think it was about go looking at weight loss surgery that stood out to you as okay this might be this might be the thing that i need
1: well, I, I had talked to some people and I'd got added into some weight loss surgery groups on Facebook and I you know, I knew it wasn't a quick fix and I knew it wasn't like, you know, you just have the surgery and then you're automatically cured. I knew it was going to be a process. And I actually met my fiance in one of those groups and she had had her surgery, um, the year before I had mine. And, uh, so, I mean, one it's, it's amazing what happens when you meet people that have been in similar situations, like maybe not has extreme, but they've been there and that they know kind of what you're going through. And, and not even just in the weight loss situation, just, I mean, in general. And once you find the, the people. That inspire you to do stuff. It's amazing what your mindset can go to, and that's what happened with me. Is that I had met some pretty incredible people in the weight loss community, and I started giving it more more thought. Just how it could change my life for the better. And that's over overall. That's what pushed me into doing it.
0: And what what procedure did you have done?
1: Um, I had R N Y. On, on May uh, 29th of 2020.
0: And can you give people a kind of a, a, a quick picture of, of what the the and y is?
1: Um, yeah, they basically made my, my stomach the size of an egg. And it, the only downfall that I've seen to this is that I have the mentality uh, from when I was working that I would eat my dinner in like five minutes because I was a factory worker, and you can't do that now. And every time you do, or at least with me, it made me sick. So, I and, and I always know when I eat too fast because I start to feel nauseous. And that was my only downfall, but you know, they make your pouch smaller, and they give you some gnarly little scars. And but ultimately, it can save your life.
0: What did you do to prepare? Like, because I think that's something. I, I it's funny because I'm I I've had a couple guys on recently that have had different weight loss surgeries done, and I'm always curious. Like, how did you mentally prepare for having it done? Like, what do you think was the the real kind of work inside that you had to do to get yourself because it's it's not like a gradual lifestyle change. You know, It, it there, there's some gra- gradation to it, you know, like the liquid diet before and things along those lines. But there it's the day the surgery is done, whether you're ready for it or not, that that change is happening. So, so what do you think it what what was the prep you needed to do to get yourself ready for that change to happen?
1: Well, my, my prep for that was I was struggling to hit the, when I did my surgery, the surgeon said, look, you're 525 pounds. You need to lose. You need to be at at least 475 for the surgery. She goes, I want you to lose 5% of your body weight. She goes, you need to. And I was like, okay, I can do that. No problem. Well, it was a problem because I couldn't really exercise. Because at 525 pounds, I was not very mobile. I mean, I thought I was. I mean, I was walking around our apartment building with my dog, but I was not mobile and I was struggling. Um, so I had met with one of her doctors to help with the weight loss and he had put me on um, some dia- some drugs that they give diabetics uh, metformin and some other one i can't remember what the name of it was now but i mean it started to help but then he's like well why don't we try a mostly liquid diet and we'll get you to your weight that you need to be so i was doing a protein shake for breakfast a protein shake for lunch <clears throat> sugar-free jello for a snack and then like three ounces of protein and a meat and one, uh, a cup of green vegetables for dinner. And I did that from January 2020 all the way until I started my liquid diet on May 14th of 2020. So I mean, I had the liquid diet pretty much down. So that wasn't really the issue. The issue for me was like when I switched to purees and soft foods because I at that point I was tired of protein shakes and Mm. eggs and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, like how do you How do you even kind of wrap your, like making that kind of change, like going from the way you were eating to making that change? Like, what was that like?
1: It was, it was, it was crazy because honestly, before I started my process, I could put down a large pizza by myself or, you know, I could put down a double quarter pounder, a large fry and. The biggest size ice cream McFlurry I could get, or any anything like that. I could put the food away. I could put down 10 tacos or 15 tacos at a time. And I wouldn't think twice about it. And then I would be like, okay, well, when when do I get to eat again? But going from that to you know not eating anything more than like a bite of bacon. Or of turkey bacon, or you know, a little bit of food that is mind-boggling for someone that could put away probably two pounds of food <laughs> a meal to go from that to like you know three ounces of total dinner is crazy.
0: What do you? Th- are there any lessons in that? Like any anything? Any realizations you had about like? what your relationship with food was like, you know, when it's when the change is kind of a physical change. So now you have to, like, you you can't, there's no way to sneak that pizza. You know, you're saying like, even if you ate too fast, you're getting sick. Like, so there's no way to sneak that pizza. Like what, what were the effects, you know, to that side of things for you?
1: I mean, it, it, it took a little bit. It really did. To where I was like, well, maybe if I just get a little bite, it won't bother me. But I I struggled with that because I was like, if I start doing that, it's going to lead to more. And I physically cannot eat that much anymore. But I was, a, I was scared to death that I would try. And so, I mean, I've gotten to where... I can I can stop myself. It took a year. My my one year is actually what is today, the 28th or the 29th. Um I, can't, I don't even know
0: what today day it is. Today is the
1: 29th. Um okay, so today is actually my one year. Wild. I had my surgery on May 29th. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but it did. It took a year to get to the point where I could, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this or you know I don't need this maybe very little amount and the one thing that I've learned is that everybody is different on this journey like nobody's journey is going to be the same and so what may be easier for me might not be easier for somebody else or something that I might be able to tolerate somebody else might not and that is valuable information because i've tried they're like there's there's been times where my fiance can eat something but i can't like it just makes me nauseous to even think about it and something that i used to eat a lot of was eggs now i struggle with eggs i don't i can't i don't like the smell of them that much anymore I don't really like the taste of them that much anymore. Occasionally, I'll, still, I'll, I'll eat a little bite of them, but not anything major. Like, I might have a teaspoon of eggs on something for breakfast. But it's just, it's the biggest part of it is the mindset. And that's the craziest part of it all.
0: So, it's been a year, mm-hmm. which is exciting, you know, so congratulations on you know your one year anniversary that's awesome thank um, you very much what physically what what's happened over this past year?
1: Oh wow, uh well, I'm down two hundred and thirty pounds from my heaviest weight uh when I had my surgery, I was at four thirty seven um and then since then i weighed in this morning actually at 295. um and i still look and i still see the old me but it it's taken it's taken a long time to get to where i can i i know that there's a different a huge difference but i still mentally i'm still seeing the old me but i know that i'm a completely different person now because Before, I wouldn't have been spending 40 minutes on an elliptical or doing stair-stepping at Planet Fitness or any of the gyms. I just, I know there's a difference now because I'm doing different things. I'm going to the beach and taking two-mile walks, you know, in the water. Or I'm going on, I'm playing top golf with my fiance just stuff that I hadn't done since I was in school. Like we just go to the park and play basketball now. We just go and play horse or shoot some hoops or we go for walks or something that I loved when I, I've always loved is baseball. Baseball was like my sport. A couple of weeks ago we went and the basketball courts were full. So we just started walking and we couldn't find the walking path at this park. So we hit the ball fields. There's, uh, I don't know, four or five ball fields in a diamond shape. And we just walked the fence to fence of each one of the, the ball fields, just enjoying. I love the smell of cut grass on a ball field and just anything baseball I love. And it takes me back to when I was a kid. And so we just, just walked. And back when I was a kid, I would have hated walking or jogging around the baseball field fence to fence. But now I'm like, okay, I love this. I miss baseball. And I'm actually going to be looking into summer leagues for adults because I can do it again.
0: And isn't that a big part of of the mind game like that idea like so you have all of these things now that you can do physically, so you know that you're physically different. And then you've got that part of you that looks in the mirror and sees the same person and that i think that that work on reconciling like getting yourself to 100 percent see who you are right now is one of the biggest challenges a lot of people go through
1: oh absolutely it i don't think and this is my biggest like pet peeve with with the weight loss surgery is that they they tell, they want you to see a therapist before you do your surgery. They want you to get that, that psyche valve done, but they, they don't really work with you. Mine. I went in, I sat with an 80 year old lady. She asked me if I knew what I was getting myself into and I was like, well, yeah, I think so. They're going to, they're going to make it to where I can't eat as much and it's going to help me lose weight. It's a tool. She goes, okay, you're good to go. I sat with her for 20 minutes. She sent my eval to my weight loss surgeon, but I was not prepared mentally for the stuff like the emotional stuff, um, the change in my mood. Um, like I, I've kind of never really had a filter, but I could control it some. But now I have no filter. Like if I have something that I want to say, I say it and I don't really, I can't really help myself. And I don't tolerate the same stuff that I used to. And this was something that my fiance told me about as well is that she started standing up for herself. And that's the biggest thing right there is that I don't, I it, you, what people used to say bothered me, but I would just hold it in and let it simmer until it just finally boiled over. Now I'm I'm just like I'm not confrontational, but I don't I I'm like yeah whatever I just I don't let it bother me anymore. I don't keep it bottled up. And. The mental aspect of this is that I wasn't quite prepared. And I know I'm going everywhere with this no. and I know, I, I I,
0: I, no, I no, no, don't apologize. I, I think that's important because I think whether a person uses weight loss surgery or uses keto or uses Weight Watchers or uses any type of tool to make this change, it's almost like even though we know it's it's all gonna be a long journey and hard work and all of that, there's a lot that you just don't get prepared for. There's a lot that you and it's because how do you have any any way to expect it if you've never experienced it? Like it's one of those things where I feel like the I, at some point, you know, I would love you know, I, I feel like one of the things I would love to do is like get a group of people together that have been through this group experience, you know, different tools, but kind of this group experience. And talk about what are the things that we're not talking about before you start a journey. You know, what are the things, the tools and the, the things that people need to be thinking about that they're not? Because I think, especially, you know, I, I think there's something to be said, like, you know, and I, and I don't know if this resi- will resonate for you or not. But I think especially men that get significantly overweight and did so when they were younger and kind of continued in that pattern it starts to kind of affect your emotional development in terms of how you interact with the world and how you handle situations and how you handle your emotions and how you handle your reactions and those things. And you don't realize how much of an impact, not just the food you're eating, but that for lack of a better term, like that physical immobility impacts the way you interact with the world. You know, like the fact that you're not really moving through those situations as much and you, you know, when you're 500 plus pounds, if you're getting into a situation where you're uncomfortable, you can't just usually easily exit that situation. You know, you can't just get up and move to a different seat because maybe the seat you're in is the only one that's going to hold you, you know, like literally, or, or physically just going out for for a walk isn't going to happen. So now you're in this place where you can handle those things differently. But we never went through that develop, that developmental process that learning of how to handle those situations so it's like a lot of new new things that you weren't thinking can set you off can set you off you know whether it's in a good way a bad way an emotional way like all of that there there's a lot of pieces to this that all we focus on is let's make that change that physical change so we're alive you know like especially you know when when your weight is threatening your life you don't necessarily even worry about all those other pieces because you don't have to like you in that moment, you need to focus on, you know, triage to save your life. And no, now that you've saved li- you say your life, you saved your life. All of these other things can be like, well, I need some attention.
1: Oh yeah. Like now that I'm not in save my life mode, I'm in enjoy my life mode. And, and you're right. Luckily, I've got, I've got great people in my life to help where I might have been lacking before. And so, you know, Megan, my fiance, will tell me all the time. She's like, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And they're like, if you're uncomfortable, we can leave. We can do this. We can walk away. Whereas before, like you said, I couldn't move to a different table because I might not have fit, I might not have been able to fit in the booth or the chair or like when you or even just going to a doctor's appointment you know they've got they've got the normal chairs but then they've got the chairs that look like benches for the heavy people where or you know two or three normal normal-sized people can sit but one big person can sit and that that, that is, I mean, I'm glad they have those chairs for the people that need them. Because I was that person. And I would much rather sit on one of those than have to stand and be stared at by everybody being, Oh, well, he can't sit in this chair because he's too big for it or it might break. So standing in a corner of a room, trying not to be noticed but when you're obviously noticed by absolutely everybody in that room and people walking in that room or the, or even people in an elevator, you know, they you got that max capacity weight and you get a couple of people in the elevator and then a, a heavy person walks in and they're all like, mm. I was that person that was getting a look. So I would rather walk up the stairs you know, that in the fact that I'm claustrophobic, but I would rather go upstairs than ride in an elevator with other people just because I was afraid that I was going to get the looks like, look, there's 3,000 weight capacity on this. This guy looks like he's pushing five. You got all of us. That weight map, that weight capacity is, a, is quickly getting met. So if we get the 500 pounder off the elevator, it might be a little safer.
0: And especially that moment, you know, not to, to talk about elevators, but – and then when, you know, the elevator it normally, because that's just what it does, it gives that little jiggle. Uh-huh. And you can see people are like, oh, crap.
1: Right. And then you get the looks because mm-hmm. you're the 500-pounder on an elevator with a group of people. And, of course, because you're the biggest one on there, they're going to be like, oh, it's his fault.
0: Mm-hmm. Or it's her fault. Oh, yeah. So – what are you, what do you so have going through this like and living this right now, what are the things that you think someone who's back in that before place needs to be ready for and needs to think about?
1: Ok, so here, here's my, my thought on this. If there's someone that is in that before picture and they're not sure what they want to do, they should look at this like a chance to start living to not be afraid to do it but to be afraid not to do it because if you're not going to do it there's a the chance you're going to die but if you do it you're going to there's there is the chance for great things and that's what i tell people that if i have somebody that said like, well i thought about it but I have an aunt who actually had the lap band done a while back, and now she's getting ready to get uh, RNY done. But she was afraid that it was gonna ma- make it, you know, wouldn't make a difference. Um, my sister had thought about it at one time. Do I think it's the best idea for my sister? Yes, but the lifestyle change. I'm not necessarily sure she would make, but I mean, just in general this this is the best decision of my life, and I would recommend this to anybody,
0: and I think that's you know that that's good for people to hear. I'm I'm curious because I guess what I'm getting at is like talking about those mental challenges that have come up, you know, the emotional side or, you know, the you, the impact on your filter. Like, how do you – do you think there's something that could have – that would have helped you through that side of the process more that someone who's not there yet can say, let me put this in place? Does that make um,
1: sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, Therapy. Absolutely therapy. If – That is something that they can start now to get themselves ready for the surgery. And I wish that I would have done that. Because I was, like I said, I was not prepared emotionally or mentally for what kind of changes this would bring. Like the physical changes. Yeah. That I was, I was prepared for, you know, I, I knew there was going to be loose skin and that it wasn't going to be pleasant. But the mental part, the mental aspect of it is what I wasn't prepared for and by any means. I was not prepared. So counseling would be the best, the best starting point. I mean, other than having the initial consultation with a weight loss surgeon, but counseling, that is, the biggest thing that I wish I would have done differently.
0: And I think that's that's solid advice because I, there's because whether a person is conscious of it or not, if you are 300, 400, 500 pounds overweight there is probably something going on involving your emotional relationship with food with your body, with other people that getting some support is going to help with You know is going to help with you know even just helping you figure it out get it all out of your head which i think is one of the major benefits of a, of a counseling relationship or a therapy relationship you know anything along those lines it's that idea that we can have all of these thoughts inside of our heads and when you get it out you say it out loud and someone else reflects it back to you there's something really powerful about kind of hearing whether you're understood or not and allowing yourself to say like that's one of the things like i And a lot of the work I've done, you know, with listening skills and and those in counseling is reflecting back to a person can be really important because they express themselves and someone says kind of reflects back what they said. And you can say, wait a minute. No, that's not what I mean at all. Or no, that is what I mean. And, you know, and that helps you move forward or it helps you kind of redefine those thoughts. So I, I do think it's a it's a powerful tool that we overlook. There's still a lot of stigma, you know, especially for men to to be in that place of, you know, I need help. I need I I need to talk to someone like that is still a big thing, you know, a big stigma in our society. Um it it's we're it's nice that we're recording this at the end of May, which is mental health awareness month. Um, you know, it, this probably won't launch till June, but it's still good. It's always a topic that should be talked about, you know, twelve months of the year. Like I I think being able to it admit that going through that place because these journeys are about so much more than just changing what goes into our bodies physically, you know, changing the food that goes into our bodies. You know, it's about, you know, everything that's going to come along with that. So I, I think that's a great point to make.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And one of the things I also want to talk about, because you talked about weighing in at 295 today, mm-hmm. um, there, there's something big, you know, no pun intended. Um, when you've been 500 pounds, when you've been 400 pounds, when you've been in the 300 pounds for a long time, <clears throat> to seeing a two on your right,
1: so, Right. and go Oh, ahead. go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, so what, what is, you know, was that something that jumped out at you? Like, what were your, what was that like?
1: Right. Like, so with me being, like I said, 300 pounds and more from, you know, middle school through high school through my adult life. Uh 295, I, I looked at that and I was like, wow. And to some people, that's like, oh, 295, you're still fat. Yeah, I'm still fat. But that is a big difference from seeing 525 pounds and look of fear from your doctor when she tells you that she weigh 525 pounds. So the 295, I'm okay with that. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic about 295. My fiance is happy. She's like, wow, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, thank you. Because that's a big deal. Because I'm, by all actuality, I'm, was supposed to be dead by now. Between my heart, between my heart stuff and my weight stuff, there is absolutely no reason I should still be alive right now. So, I look at 295 as big, big accomplishment. And I am super stoked about it. Um, My doctor that did my surgery, she originally told me, she goes, well, you should weigh 150 to 160. I was like, okay, no, no absolutely not. I don't want to be that, you know, I'm sure there's other people that would look amazing at 150 or 160. I've always been big, like I'm broad shouldered. I'm you know, I'm, I'm broad. I'm, I was built differently. I would, my goal weight was actually two to 220. That's where I would feel very, very comfortable at. That's my goal because that's, you know, it's not skinny. It's not, well, it's still technically considered overweight, but you know what? I'm not letting that get me anymore. Like, Oh, morbidly obese or obese or overweight, chunky, fat, skinny, that, you know what, if I'm healthy, I'm happy. And that's where I want to be. I want to be healthy. I mean, that, that's, that is the ultimate goal right there. It's just to be happy and healthy.
0: Which is an awesome goal. And that's one of the things like I've talked about before you know, when I got started, my my why was I wanted to live and it that's had to evolve to go from because there's a difference between your life being threatened to now you're living and okay, you know, you're doing the basics to keep yourself alive, but are you actually using that life? Are you thriving? Like going from living to thriving, surviving to thriving, I guess is the way that I put it. Like I think that that's, that's two completely different things and I, I think that makes a lot of sense you know to have that goal for yourself man. So let's let's look at this this way like you're headed into, you know, your year, year two now. What are the things that you're focused on right now?
1: Uh well, I just I had an appointment with my new doctor because when I moved to North Carolina from Kansas City, my surgeon is in Kansas. So I had to find a doctor down here to take me to do my post-op stuff. And I was talking to him and, you know, he, he said, because of how much weight I've lost already, that the loose skin that I have, he's like, you got 30 pounds at least in loose skin on your stomach. So, you know, the talk, there's been talks of plastics already, which I don't, you know, by the end of the year or early next year, he's talking about plastics. Um, but as far as what my plans are for year two, I'm, I'm hitting the gym four or five times a week. Um, and when we're not doing that, we're doing stuff together at home. Like, well, I mean, we go to the gym together, me and my fiance, we go to the gym, um, we go to the beach. So, I mean, we're getting our workouts in That's That's the main thing is that we're getting healthy together. That's for year two our goal is to continue getting healthy because we want to have, we want to have a baby. We want to start a family and we're getting married either the end of this year or beginning of next year. As soon as we're able to, we want to have, we want to start a family. We've got a move coming this summer. We're moving to a bigger place. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a busy year too. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and just keeping up in the gym. I'm starting to get definition now in muscles that I didn't realize I had, and so I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying all the changes physically, I'm enjoying life. It's like you said, going from surviving to thriving is absolutely what this is. So I'm just enjoying it, and that's my ultimate goal for year two is just to keep enjoying it and keep getting myself healthy.
0: That, that's fantastic, man. Those those are solid focuses that can keep you going.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: What do you think are the things when you, when you project out, you know, kind of going long term into your life, like what do you think are the key pieces that are going to help you maintain your success and, and keep thriving as you go forward?
1: I mean, the biggest thing is is the knowledge of you know, what to eat and how much to eat and keeping keeping my protein and my water and my liquids. That's, I mean, the knowledge in that has helped a great deal. And just being more knowledgeable about the food that I'm eating. Um, you know, I'm enjoying the gym. So I know that that's going to be one of the biggest keys to Success in the future is I got to keep going to the gym. So I love going to the gym My fiance not so much. She don't really enjoy it. She knows she has to but she doesn't enjoy it like I do So, you know, I, I got to where I love going to the gym and that's gonna be a big key to Success in the future keeping mindful of what we're eating is gonna be key so ultimately that that's it
0: and on some levels like that's enough you know like not that what you've done is enough but keeping those sometimes i, I think we want to overcomplicate things and sometimes i think being able to have simple consistency is what really leads to that long-term success like being able to keep those major kind of milestone pieces or touchstones or whatever I'm, I'm probably screwing up words right now but those those postmarkers, you know in line are the things that just need to be there like create them as your non-negotiables and enact them and live them
1: absolutely yeah
0: so we, we've kind of talked a lot about what you've been through Mike is are there any is there anything that you're going through or anything that you've been through that you feel like you want to make sure that we talk about?
1: I mean, honestly, I think we pretty much covered it all between, between actually answering what you have wanted to answer and then rambling on, because I tend to ramble. I've noticed that a lot, especially today I've been rambling. So, um, yeah.
0: Let's talk about how people, where can people find you if they want to kind of check in on your journey or see what you're up to?
1: Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, under Mike painter, I'm on Instagram. Um, which is how we actually connected, uh, at Mike dot painter 81. And yeah, I, I love being supportive of everybody on their journey. So yeah, if you need someone to, uh, be there to root for you. Feel free to connect on Instagram.
0: And I'll definitely put a link to your Instagram in our show notes when this episode goes up. You you you've been sharing your experiences there, and you even you even got brave recently, you know, to, to go back to share it, you know, share a, a shirtless pic on Instagram. Oh, what was yeah. that like for you?
1: I I did that, and then after the fact, I was like. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I did it once before because there was a a person I follow on Instagram that did it and he said it was a vulnerable post and he challenged some of his friends to do the same. And I did it. But then this time I was just, my, my fiance had made a comment that I don't have many before pictures, like full body pictures. I have a couple that I, you know, that I, that I use for transformation Tuesday pictures but I saw so I was like you know what I found one that I had sent her before my surgery um and she saved it and sent it back to me at one point and I'd saved it in my phone so I was like you know what I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go take this picture and when I did I was like wow there is a huge difference but for someone that doesn't even take a shirt off in a pool or at the beach, it took a lot. Like I'm, I'm not one to like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm big. So I keep myself covered, but it was, I, I had to force myself mentally to do it. And then when I did it, I was like, what was I thinking? But the response was amazing. Like I think that was one of my most liked one of my most liked pictures on Instagram so far, and you know I've had messages saying you know thanks for doing that because it helps if one person picks makes a post like that. Like I mean the girls do it all the time. They don't like not topless, but but you know what I mean they they take pictures and they show their skin proudly and. Guys don't do that, not often. Some do, some don't, uh, most don't. But I just kind of felt like it was something that I should do. And luckily, you know, my my fiance is super supportive, and she's like, "See, I told you, there's a difference, even though you don't see it."
0: No, that's there's there's something powerful to that. One, you're making yourself vulnerable, and two. There is something about getting that feedback of, of people being able to see the difference because, you know, when you're in the body yourself, it can be hard. You know, it can be really hard to, to recognize it. And getting that outside feedback can be something that, you know, th- there's always people that kind of want to dog on social media and the negatives of social media and all those things. But I think there can be some powerfully positive moments for people.
1: See, and I've lucked out my whole journey so far. I haven't really had the trolls I haven't had the people, that, oh, I mean, I've had the occasional, you took the easy way out, which there is absolutely no easy way out when it comes to weight loss surgery. They don't, you know, anyone that tells you it's the the easy way out have not one clue about what it's like to go through the weight loss surgery process. They don't know what it's like to eat not a full meal but still have to run to the bathroom because you ate too fast and it makes you throw up. They don't, they don't know about that. They don't know about the struggle to get your fluids in or to make sure you're getting the protein that you need in. They they have no clue how difficult this is. Yeah, it's I had to have surgery to help me lose the weight. But it's a tool. I'm still having to put in the effort and the work just like someone who didn't have weight loss surgery. And that's what people forget is that yeah, the weight loss surgery helps, it is a tool, but we're still putting in the work. And I get I get random strangers coming up to me at the gym all the time being, you know, they're like, "Oh, I see you. I see you. Good job." Or they pat you on the back or try to give you the elbow bump because of, you know, COVID, but um Yeah, I mean, just the response you get from people showing, you know, that the work you do is noticed, it's incredible. And it makes up for the one or two random people every so often, that are like, oh, you took the easy way out. Because it's not easy. It is absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. But like I said before, it was also the greatest thing I've ever done
0: and I think it's obvious, not just from what you post and share, but even just from hearing you talk today, that, that you're doing the work, man. So I just think it's, it, it's a great thing to see happen. And I appreciate what you're putting out there for everyone. And I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the, the opportunity to, I like it. This is the first podcast that I've ever been on. So my rambling was probably because of nerves, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, I've never been one for attention. And if I can, if I can say anything to help somebody or help them along the lines of if maybe they're questioning whether or not they should do this, if I can help inspire anybody or if I can help motivate somebody to do something or to make their lives better. Then, then I'm all for it. I really, I really like trying to be a positive, a positive impact on people rather than all the negativity that you see on social media now.
0: Well, I, I think you're definitely having a positive impact, man, and I, I appreciate your willingness to take us through your journey. I end every episode with five questions for every guest that I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? I'm ready. Okay, so question number one, Mike, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Chris Farley. There I, we go.
1: I loved his movies.
0: There we go. Haven't gotten him as an answer in a while, so I, I think it'll be good for people to hear his name. So that's good, man. Question number two, Mike, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Don't trust plastic chairs. Mm, 100%. <laughs> 100 percent they're 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 probably one of the most insidious things that were ever invented
1: oh yeah i've had my fair share Mm. of plastic chair breaks
0: question number three mike what is one thing a person out there listening who wants to get their journey started today can do like one thing they can actually do today
1: go for a walk just get some exercise in Know that this is what your life is going to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you, just get some workout in
0: yeah, you're gonna enjoy it. it. Have Even fun no matter it. where you're at, get it started. You know, no matter what it looks like, you know, get Resistance it
1: bands are a good start, too. That's what I mean. Because of my restrictions for my heart stuff, mm-hmm. uh, resistance bands are nice. great.
0: That's, a, that's, a, that's some good advice, man. Question number four. Mike, what is one thing about yourself that you love?
1: I love my desire to not be just complacent with dying. Mm -hmm. I want, I want so much out of life now. And that's what I love. I love my, my desire for greatness now.
0: I love that. That's awesome. And Mike, question number five, last question for you today. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related?
1: Um, I want to get back to work um i know that's probably health related but i want to go back to work mm-hmm. um that is my ultimate goal that and to get married um that's that's our other goal we're gonna me and my fiance want to get married this year
0: i think those are those are two solid things to work towards and and two solid things that i have no doubts you know that you're gonna you're gonna see happen for yourself as we head into this next year or so I look forward to seeing those things for you, man. So I Mike, appreciate just, it. Just another big thank you for coming on the show today. I just really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: You're very welcome. And like I said, everyone, I will put Mike's Instagram contact information in the show notes if you want to reach out to him. And I'm sure some of you will. If you want to reach out to me, you, of course, can find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. And if you are interested in anything else that I'm doing, the blogs I'm writing or the coaching services, all of that, go to theketoroad.com and check that out. That's also where I have that um, building your own Keto Road PDF that is available right now. It is a self-contained personal program that takes you through mindset, macros, and all of that, if you think that might be a tool that will help you. And hey, also... When you're doing all this contacting, don't forget to go out there and do something to amaze yourself today, my friends, because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.